Welcome, everyone. This is the Weekly Discussion Podcast at Crosby Church. Yes, it is. <laughs> Hi, Pastor Holly. Hi. You, did you just say I'm Pastor Holly? No, I said hi, Pastor oh, Holly. Yeah. Hi, Pastor Kyle. You really threw me off there. I'm <laughs> Sorry, at Pastor Kyle. Thought he said I'm Pastor Holly. Yeah. And I was like, you <laughs> like, need he's like, more what coffee. I, what do I say? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and I am also Pastor Holly. And that's weird. Yeah. And we have unity in the spirit. And apparently oh, in the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That's so we funny. We are one, one in Christ. That's right. right. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is that's really fun. Is there? I mean, we we have we see in the New Testament that Jesus said he'll call us by a new name, or or it's that we'll be known by a new name. And so, is that your new name? Yeah. Do I get to pick it? That'd be great. I'm gonna be. <laughs> There's already Jerry? a Pastor Holly. Yeah. Yes, be Jerry. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Uh, that was an unexpected a, opening. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys listened. This is great. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, uh, Pastor Holly, it's been uh, yesterday was an amazing day yes. uh, at Crossview yes. with some baptisms, mm-hmm. some testimony. Uh, Go we, watch if you weren't there. Yes. Please, 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 you won't want to miss that. Incredible, powerful, just wonderful to celebrate together what the Lord has done and how the Lord has been changing lives and, and acknowledging faith uh, in these baptisms. So just amazing. Yeah. And we also welcomed uh, a new uh, family life director. Yes. Justice Cagle. So exciting. So excited for justice. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so but yeah, we have been praying for uh for justice for the person that that God would have in this position for a for a long time. Yes. And uh and and as always, the way that uh God's timing works is better than ours. And so justice is here and we're yeah. so, so excited. And um yeah, it's really fun to walk in in the morning and like have him walk around the corner yeah. and just just it's fun. He's. It's really fun to have him uh, in the office. Yeah, it's really fun. And you know, the like you just said, the Lord has done so much in in bringing uh, justice to us. And justice also works uh, part time with Young Life yeah. here in Snohomish. And so there's a lot of really cool connections between the young his long, young life work and uh, thoughts and ideas for what we might do here for specifically youth. But also, um, he's doing he's overseeing youth and children, so he's got yeah. kind of a broad range of things. Um, so just pray for him, uh, as he starts, we're going to probably have his focus mostly on youth to begin with and get him up and running and then, um, also, um, move into the children's side of things too. But I'm just so excited. And I think justice is the right person at the right time for us. So it's going to be great. Yes. So good. (laughs) It's been a week. It's been a big week. I know it's been a big week. Yes. And so one of the things that we thought we would do uh, for our podcast today is a little bit different than because typically what we do in our weekly discussion podcast is is uh, kind of try to to talk about the message that we just gave, mm-hmm. uh, but to do so in a way that's more conversational, maybe add some stuff that we didn't that we didn't say or share in the message. We want it to right. be supplemental for our learning ex- experience throughout the week. Uh, but we, this last this last week, um, after our first or after uh, our uh, our second acts message, yes, we had uh, you and I uh, separately had some fun questions that came up, yeah, uh, that we thought it would be good for us to talk about here uh, on the podcast. So, right. uh, in week two, so not not yesterday, but the, the 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 Sunday before, we talked about the second kind of major step in those early chapters of Acts. The first step was the transition from the focus of on the life and work of Jesus. 
uh, and, the, and Jesus handing that off to the disciples and the early church. That was step number one. Right. Step number two was that the early, those disciples and the early church uh, weren't left to do that work on their own. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. That was step number two. So what we did in week number two was look at that, uh, that chapter, chapter, the beginning of chapter two, and, the, and Pentecost, or the coming of the Holy Spirit right. on the disciples. So it's a really awesome amazing moment, a key moment in in transition moment in the church. It's kind of what kicks off the church and it has an effect on the rest of the world for the rest of time. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a big deal. Those first two chapters of Acts, I always think of as like the first two chapters of Genesis, right? And yeah. in, in, in that they are huge and they lay the groundwork for the rest of time. Yes. <laughs> so when we talked about it on that Sunday, uh, we, we talked about the, uh, the filling of the spirit mm-hmm. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to do what God's called us to do. He called us to be witnesses, right? So he gives us this agenda. He says, the agenda is to do witness-like activities in the world around you, proclaim the gospel, and that will have an effect on the world and people. Um, and so we talked about the idea of, of filling and power coming in the Holy Spirit. But what we didn't talk about, and this is where we got the questions, yeah. is some of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Because in that chapter... One of the things that happens is that the disciples begin to preach, but in different languages. Yes, that they did not know. I mean, the disciples were common people, largely uneducated right. uh, people. Most of them pro- wouldn't have been able to read or write, and they certainly didn't study additional languages. Right. So they were supernaturally empowered to speak other languages, yes. uh, to proclaim the gospel to all of the people who had from different lands that were there or different areas of the world that were there yeah. uh, in that in that moment. So what we what we know of what happened in that day that those were already languages that had been established. Yes. That yeah. people could understand. Right. Real languages that were spoken in different parts of the world and by different people. Yeah. Yeah. So and you can say you can tell you can you can share maybe about what the questions that you got this last week were, but some of the questions that I got, which we didn't address in the message, were was the idea of speaking in tongues. Yeah. As we might understand it here in in, in our day. Right. Yeah. So that is if you're I want to I make sure we're familiar with this phrase, the speaking in tongues. And maybe maybe you heard that and you're like, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Does that mean like you're just you're like you're speaking a different language, right? Yeah. Or um, maybe it immediately brought up an image for you. And for some that may be positive and for some that may be negative. Yes. And so we're just going to talk about that and I think have fun with that um, that question and idea today and what uh, what scripture says and maybe our own experiences. But um, yeah, the questions that we that we heard this past week were really great and insightful and asking about, well, so what do, what do you think about speaking in tongues? And um, other questions that I've heard uh, at different times would be, is that something that still happens? Was that a one-time thing? Did yes. that just happen at Pentecost? Or is it ongoing? Mm-hmm. And can I speak in tongues? And should I speak in tongues? Yeah. And does every Christian speak in tongues? Yeah. And if they don't, is that a problem? Yes. All so, those questions. So, Pastor Kyle. So, go. yeah, oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, so, so you just laid that out so, so, so well. Just so that there's, we're all on the same page in terms of the idea of speaking in tongues. Yeah. So, in the early chapter of Acts, it was speaking in tongues with disciples speaking other already established languages. Nowadays, I think the idea or the phrase speaking in tongues will often connect with people in in what happens in maybe different different Protestant practices, so different Protestant traditions, I should say, yeah. particularly Pentecostalism, mm-hmm. which in Pentecostalism and in some other uh, 
uh, traditions, speaking in tongues would be the idea that the Holy Spirit gives you a particular language that's not your native language. Right. And it may be another like already established language, Mm -hmm. or it may be a language that sounds like gibberish to some people and might be unique to you. And that is sometimes what people think about most of the time when they think about the idea of speaking in tongues, um, Pentecostalism, and some of those kind of things. I don't want to overgeneralize, but typically that's what comes That's the idea that many have today, yeah. Right. Could be either or, an established language or an unknown language. Yes. So does that happen? What happens when the Holy Spirit fills you? Does that that happen um, now, today? Um, there are some, some of the questions that we had, um, uh, this last week is that, does that happen here and today? What do we think about that? Mm-hmm. Um, how does it work in scripture? And do I need that for, we've had quite, I had questions this week. Do I need that to be saved, mm-hmm. uh, or to be considered a, a full mature, uh, believer? Yes, those are good. Yes. And I'm saying yes, and I don't mean yes to the questions, but those are great questions yes. that we've heard. Yes. yes, yes, yes. So we'll walk through this a little bit and then we'll tell some fun stories. Yeah. Uh, so um, the way that we understand that to work is that uh, speaking in tongues is still a, a gift of the Spirit, Yes, but it's done in a very particular way. Mm-hmm. Typically, if the Lord gives you uh, that that a gift in that moment, the speaking of tongues, um, it could be um, a real language. Mm-hmm. It could be something else that's not a real language, but that should always be followed by an interpretation, also given by the Spirit to someone. Right. Yes. Uh, in my understanding, it's uh, an interpretation given by the Spirit to somebody who, uh, other than the speaker. Yes. Right? So there is a there's a, a a unity here in again in the church and in the body of Christ, and that the Spirit empowers one person to speak and another person to interpret. Yes. So some years ago, here's a, a story number one. Some years ago, uh, I was part of a church plant in Newburgh, Oregon, from a free, another one another Free Methodist church. Um, and in this church plant, we had a lady who um, was part of the the Newburgh the original Newburgh church and was planting with us on our planting team. She was this prayer warrior. She's just an amazing person. Uh, had a lot of experience. Uh, has had done church planting type things before in the U.S. and in some other countries. And so she had some some great stories. And so she told this story once about how this worked, because there were some questions coming up at that point, too, about speaking in tongues. And so she said they were one of the church plants that they were doing uh, was in this. They were meeting in an evening at a bar or a pub uh, in the local neighborhood, and that's where they were gathering with people for Bible study and worship, and they were doing that before that space opened for its, you know, for nightly business, yeah. <laughs> right? So <laughs> That's really cool. It's really I cool. Like yeah. So uh, at one time, one service, they were, they, were, they were praying and they were worshiping and someone stood up um, and spoke in tongues. Mm-hmm. And then the pastor, she said at that point, said, okay, we're going to pause and we're going to wait for the, the Holy Spirit to give an interpretation as to what that was. Very faithful response. Very faithful response. And so um, no interpretation came. Mm-hmm. And so he said, okay, we're going to be done with that now. And we're going to move on with our with our, our service and continue worshiping. And so they did. And then she got, uh, her name was Anne. Anne got really moved when she was telling the story at that point because then she said after the service was over and after almost everybody left, it was like her, the pastor, and one other person that was still there left. 
um, the the bartender that had been there who was kind of getting the all the stuff uh, uh, ready for the evening, who was not a part of the church and who was not a Christian, mm-hmm. he said, uh, he came to the pastor, he said, who was that that was speaking? Because they were speaking my my home language. Oh, wow. <laughs> and what they were speaking was essentially the gospel of Jesus, saving mm-hmm. and rescuing and renewing. Oh, my word. That he, is amazing. It was just an unbelievable... So, you know, there's there's that there's that kind of thing. That's such a cool story yeah. where that was a moment that was given by the Lord, but the person who was receiving that was not familiar with this church thing, didn't know what was going on, yeah. um, and so was afraid to say anything um, in the moment um, that that was happening. But that's one of the that's kind of exactly what we see uh, in that in that um, the beginning here of an Acts. Yeah, that's that's exactly as it's described in Acts. That is remarkable, and I love that the person who was speaking in that moment. Um, I'm I'm uh, assuming here, um, of course, did not know the language that they were speaking, and probably didn't even recognize it as being able to identify what language it was, much right. less understand it. So that is just a beautiful, yeah. beautiful example of uh, of of how the Holy Spirit works through. Uh, tongues yes. through languages. Yes. Uh, we say tongues, and I think we can we can say languages. I think is yes. Um, I think that's a, good. A, a way of understanding it that that is um, in in our common language because we might talk about our mother tongue or our native tongue, but uh, but languages is a, a way of understanding that. So yes, yeah, that's a really cool story. Yeah, it's really cool. I have other stories too uh, that I had one person ask this last week. Is that always? Is there a possibility that people will? Um, essentially be acting out kind of the the idea of speaking in tongues and it's not really something that's coming from the Lord in that moment <laughs> oh and I said yes that happens uh, that certainly is part of of what happens and there's some things that sometimes depending on your tradition or your experience can feel very odd about that so mm-hmm. it can be off-putting um, but you know I still have NT rights and and um, JD Walt and and some of these guys who write who have written about this that say, Okay, even though it might feel weird, and you had mentioned this just before we started recording, there is a sense of openness and discernment that we should always have. Yeah, we shouldn't be quick, so quick to judge because the, when the Holy Spirit showed up here at Pentecost, it was surprising. Yes, <laughs> and they had no idea that they were going to be standing and speaking in other languages. And so, there's a sense that we should reserve judgment. Yes, we should be prayerfully discerning, um, have an idea of what this looks like in Scripture. And then ask, Lord, is this from you? Right. Um, the, another story, I'm telling a lot of stories here. That's great. But another story is, um, you're doing this now, or you just did this. I can't. I think you did this just recently for a class in seminary. But I also did a like a study of a different uh, tradition oh, when yes. I was in uh-huh. seminary. And we studied an Episcopalian. I chose, my group was studying the Episcopalian church. So one day we're looking up, the where there's a local Episcopalian church we're supposed to go to a service a couple of services over a period of time, and then we've got to write reports and stuff about yeah. it. Um, not only what we're learning in the books, but also our experience of the place. And so we go, one, we're all pastors, so Sundays didn't really work for us, so we're trying, okay, do they have a different service on a different day? Well, this service had, or this church had listed a service on Friday evening. So we're like, okay. So we go Friday evening, and we go into the sanctuary space, and we showed up a little bit late because we got lost. So we walked in when the service was already happening, and immediately we, we thought, okay, we're at the wrong service. Or the Episcopalians are renting or allowing a different church to use their space because sure. we walk in, and it is uh, 
like ruckus uh, with people <laughs> dancing and oh. singing and waving flags. And some person's like on the floor, like looks like doing the snake. Yeah, so you, you can't know? see Pastor Crow right now. He's basically doing the snake here it. in the yeah. studio. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, the, there's a pastor up front singing as well and, oh, wow. and holding his Bible and reading scriptures. And so, you know, we we felt awkward about going in there and then just leaving right away. So we stayed for the whole service. Um, and in the middle of the service, they had like a, a dedication of a couple of different couples. And so the pastor invited them, the couples up, and they came and stood one, on, one couple on one side, uh, one couple on the other, and then they were praying. And you know, people would, the whole church would pray out loud yeah. and it got a little ruckus again, at least in my experience mm-hmm. at that point in my life and in my spiritual journey. Um, and the pastor would look to one side and he would act like he's, this is going to sound weird if you're not familiar with this, but he acted like he was drunk in the spirit. Sure. Yes. Um, and then um, he would look to the other side and then he would be uh, what he called kind of prophesying. Mm-hmm. And so he would just speak boldly. And so as he turned from one couple to a, the other, he would be very different. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we thought, okay, wow, what an experience. Yeah. And so we we left that. We kind of, you know, we we talked with the group that was doing the Pentecostal uh tradition and kind of talked a little bit about what we experienced there and some of that. And then we decide, okay, we need to go to this Episcopalian service. So that Sunday morning we all just told our churches. Yeah. We're, we have to go to the Sunday morning experience at this church. And so we go in and we are just shocked because the pastor that was there Friday night was the Episcopalian pastor this time on Sunday morning, fully robed, stoles. The service was very liturgical, yeah. organ music. We had communion. I mean, it was like wow, so different. It was crazy. That's crazy. Episcopalian churches traditionally are extremely structured and and well ordered. So I am I want to hear the rest of the story because I'm kind of blown away by your Friday night experience. I've never heard of Pentecostal Episcopalians. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we hadn't either. <laughs> uh and I you know, I don't but that was kind of it for us. We yeah. were we we did the Episcopalian service. Um wow. we were all a little shocked. We didn't and, and so that was one where it was uh we didn't know how to wrestle with what what of what we experienced there was God's spirit actually doing some of those things and what was it and could it have been some some of just you know playing the part kind of thing sure yeah um, we're just we were just a little unsure yeah um and so i i guess i tell that story just to tell an experience of uh, to relate to everyone who's a little unsure about some of that yeah. kind of stuff yeah um that the lord really does uh, you know move in powerful ways not just through tongues but yeah. like other significant miracle type ways. Um, And we know that it's from the Lord. So another example, these last couple of weeks, I've talked to a couple of people who have had significant times of prayer where they've, they felt like the Lord is with them in their room. Someone was sharing with me a story of a dream that they had. Mm, That was a dream uh, that was kind of essentially an answer to a, a, a prayer for a long, long time about some healing and restoration. Holy spirit moments. Yeah that come and do these kind of miracle type works that we can't do our ourself. Right. Um, so God does do those kind of things um, and move in more ways than just certain gifts like speaking in tongues and those kinds of things. Yes, absolutely. And I think there are a couple of uh, things to 
consider there? I think the first is that openness that you're talking about, that there may be experiences that you uh, witness or hear about that give you pause and that that maybe maybe you kind of step back and say, I, I don't know, I'm not sure about that, but I'm going to stay open. And yes. to recognize that just as those uh, those those worshipers gathered in the bar did not understand the language that was spoken. There was not an interpretation. It wasn't necessarily something that uh, all of them then experienced, but the one person who it was meant for understood. And so to recognize that there may be situations where it's not for us, but we are there to bear witness, Mm -hmm. and it might not be something we understand or, uh, or even experience as a, a, a movement of the Holy Spirit, but we can recognize and respect and honor that it is for somebody else. And I think that's really important. That happened at Pentecost, right, in Acts, that there were some who looked on and said, these guys are drunk. And Peter said, we're not drunk. It's 9 a.m. Yeah, he's like, it's too early for that. It's too early for that. I like that Peter wasn't like, we would never do that. He was just like, it's too early. It's not five (laughs) o'clock. So so he called it out. So some some people witnessed it in that way, like this is, they're not in their right minds. Yeah. Other people heard their own languages and heard uh, the message of the gospel in their in their own tongue, and mm-hmm. that it was for them. Yes. At the same time, I think the Holy Spirit is our counselor yes. and does provide wisdom and discernment. And so, if we see something that we think is uh, is manipulated or could be harmful or is being used in any sort of abusive uh, or abusive way or in a way that's not edifying, then um, th- then we can also step back. And and rely on the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to help us discern that as well, because yes. of course there, in any um, any any gift could be manipulated or or faked. Yes, I could say right. Yeah. And when it's a charismatic gift, a supernatural yeah. uh, uh, something that that represents a uh, a, a supernatural uh, um, event, a miracle, yeah. then that could be used in a harmful way. Yes. So so openness and discernment. Openness and discernment. That's that's right. And in fact, you know, um, we've had questions this last week. Um, some people coming out of traditions where, you know, the they might feel like the need to be um, insincere about some of those things because they feel pressured. Um, yeah. to, so like I had a question this last week, do you need to speak in tongues to be saved? Mm. The answer for us is no, no. you do not. No. Uh, and the answer, the, the follow up question to that was, um, do you need to be uh, have you know, a gift of speaking in tongues uh, like that in order to be considered a full, uh, fully mature disciple of Jesus? We would also say the answer is no. <laughs> right. Those are gifts for certain people at certain times and certain situations. We all we believe that the Lord does speak in that way, but there will always be an interpretation at some point. Yes. Um, uh, the question came up about prayer languages. Mm-hmm. So the idea that uh, you can um, pray in a language that's not your own, yeah. um, and is that appropriate? And we would say, yes, that's appropriate, and it's connected to that scripture that says sometimes you don't know what to say, so we speak in moans and groans, yes. right? Yes, um, And so the idea with the prayer language is that there might be some time where either the Holy Spirit gives you um, you you have this deep, deep, deep moment with the Spirit where you might know, not know what to say. And I, I've prayed before with just deep sighs yes. or cries out. Yes. And that, you know, maybe there's, there, if I if I had, in those moments, I could articulate something with words about how I'm feeling, but it's much easier just to, uh, yes. you know? <laughs> yes. 
And so the Lord understands, right? And so that's kind of where the idea of a prayer language comes in. The idea of a prayer language would be that that is a special kind of thing between you and the Lord. It's not necessarily meant for public, right? Um, in a public setting, but that uh, you might develop a way of, of, of speaking with the Lord that is unique to your your prayer and, and relationship with him. Yes, definitely. And to understand that our... Um that our prayers are um, are are mediated in that they yeah. are they're they're interpreted and made uh, made whole and made good and uh, uh, by by Jesus to uh, God our Father and so that I think that um, yeah just to recognize that our words our articulation of the ideas and the thoughts and the emotions that we're having the experiences that we're having are. Um, Maybe maybe great for us to be able to think through and articulate things, but God, our Father, is able to understand the the the, the groaning of our spirit, yeah. right? And and that has been for me a really um, powerful and meaningful expression of prayer is yes. to is to learn to sit without words mm-hmm. and recognize uh, that that communion with God and mm-hmm. that um, that prayerfulness. Um, that took a long time for me, though. Yeah. I will have to say there were times when I would. Um, uh, not have words to express uh, what I wanted to express to God, and so felt like I wasn't really praying. Like mm. I had to figure it out. I had to get the words, yeah, uh, because you know that's how we communicate. Right. But God is able to understand the the the, the size and groans of our spirit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have said this before. Uh, the, the kind of the other side of that, if he if he's able to understand the wordless groans of our heart and spirit, like I was trained by the Quakers who yeah. really value silent prayer, yes. right, and who yeah. think that silent prayer uh, is as valuable as you know the other side. So groans and 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 sighs or yeah. or any amount of words that you might want to give that the Lord would understand all that's happening in yes. our heart and our mind and still work powerfully in our midst. Yes. Um, and not just silence in that you're not speaking out loud, but silence in that it's not you're not even forming words in your thoughts right. necessarily. Yeah. 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 The idea is just to rest in the presence of God. Yeah. Um, oftentimes I'll anchor myself with some scripture in yes. those moments just to kind of maybe meditate on something and um yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, and f- for me, it's been kind of a fun journey with all of this, uh, with the idea of Holy Spirit and and being comfortable with that and what what the gifts of the Spirit are at any given moment. And so, I, my, I mean, I have a regular prayer of on Sundays or every time we gather, okay, Lord, I don't know exactly what you're going to do, but do something, mm-hmm. move powerfully, surprise us, because we know you can, we know you will. Uh, do something we're not expecting, and I pray we can recognize it, recognize that it's you. People can engage with the Spirit, yes. and um, and uh, yeah, I mean, do a Pentecost-type thing in our midst here yes. and now. The yes. idea, I mean, another part of the idea is that as God's moving in those things, as the Holy Spirit gives people for certain things, whether it's tongues or something else, mm-hmm. we can then bear witness to what God has done to the rest of the world. And that's part of the whole idea of the empowering of the Holy Spirit. You heard it yesterday in the testimonies, right? Absolutely. Just powerful testimony. I mean, you and I met with Nancy before Sunday and we were in my office and she was, you know, we know her story. We didn't get all of it on Sunday, but just even in moments where she was talking about certain things, we're just like, there's this deep sense of a very present God who has done incredible things in, the, in this person's lives. Yes. This person's life, and we're just blown away. Um, it, yes, absolutely amazing. Again, 
go back and watch. Yeah. Because yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, lots to think about. We hope this is a great, the, we hope this is helpful. Yes. If you have more questions, you know, feel free to ask Pastor Holly and <laughs> <laughs> she'll have all the answers. <laughs> Do you have to speak in tongues to be a Christian? No. You, Can you speak in tongues as a Christian? Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And if you, if you want to have a question about it, then hopefully you can ask Pastor Holly, but in tongues. That'd be great. Absolutely. That'd yeah. be fantastic. Yeah. Pastor Kyle will interpret for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.